Welcome, welcome, welcome to another fun-filled, action-packed, exciting, thrilling episode of AMB Sports Media, the podcast. My name's AJ. I'm Bill. And uh, let's get right into it. Bill, you have some All right, fun let's do it. Us? Yeah, we have our Today in Sports History. Uh, hey. We're going to go way back to 1860 to the first British Open men's golf and press wick. GC. Willie Park Sr. wins the inaugural event by two strokes from fellow Scott Tom Morris Sr. Okay. And we're going back to 1885. Baseball be- uh, baseball sets all players' salaries at $1,000 to $2,000 for the 1885 season. I I wonder how much I they're, would They're be living in now. luxury. They were living in luxury. Okay. I know. Bread was a dime then. No, it was probably a penny. A hay penny. And then last but not least, uh, we're going to go all the way up to 1964. Australian athlete Betty Cuthbert takes her fourth career Olympic gold medal as she wins the women's 400 meter at the Tokyo Games in an Olympic record of 52 seconds. Hey, good for her. Hey, good for her. So with today's sports history out of the way, we're going to go into live sports that are going on today. Uh, first and foremost, let's get right through to the Sixers. Uh, currently, they are in preseason. They have one more preseason game on Friday, the 20th at 7 o'clock against the Hawks. Um, so far for their preseason, uh, they have lost to the, Cel- um, the Celtics twice and beat the Nets once. So I don't know how to take it from there. I mean, it's just preseason, so I, I mean, it's, yeah. and it's a long season. It's just but like just to note what it's going on. So we sit around in the stadium after it closes down and we watch it turn from basketball to hockey as the flyer season has begun. And that is a good segue too, because they're in the same stadium. Yes. Now, you know, anyway, flyer season going off, not bad. We are currently one and one, won our first, the first game against the blue jackets, four to two second game, getting our asses kicked by the senators five to two. Currently, though, they are playing, as we're recording, they are currently up 1-0 against the Vancouver Canucks, and it looks like so far so good for the first period. Um, I didn't even know this guy. I guess he's a new guy. Igor Zamula scored. I don't know who that guy He looks young. He's 23 years old. Yeah, he's young. Good for him, though. He scored. Good for him. Maybe it's his first goal for the season. I have no idea. But with that being said and done... We're going to get out of the stadium, get in our car, drive 45 minutes away to our lovely cousin sports team, the Philadelphia Union, as they had another draw over the weekend against Nashville with 0-0. So they have one final game of the regular season, and that is against New England on Saturday, October 21st at 6 o'clock. Currently in the standings, uh, Philadelphia is ranked third with a record of 15 wins, Eight losses, 10 draws with a total of 55 points. Columbus is right below them with 54 points. Orlando City in second is currently at 60 points. So most likely going to be staying around uh, third or fourth for the playoffs. But we will see what happens. Um, Otherwise... Yeah, and we're going to go out of that stadium. We're going to get you done with that. We're going to go right into the middle of traffic and watch cars fly on by because we have Formula One 
next weekend or no this weekend coming up i'm sorry yep on saturday october 22nd at three o'clock this is the united states grand prix this is going to be in texas and we're going to finally have racers back in the u.s again um honestly i would keep an eye on mclaren right now because as we just saw oscar piastri and lando norris took two and three in last race so hopefully they can keep their luck up and get it through um and potentially even get a podium like actual p1 off for Stappen once this year um otherwise keep an eye on alonzo as you know how much i love him and how much he carries aston martin by himself and then uh sergio perez still my favorite red bull driver hopefully he can bounce back from his p10 race from last time in qatar so we're getting out uh, out of the traffic and we're going to start yelling at somebody that was yelling at us some bums so we're going to get into some fighting um first and foremost um before we get into the ufc a big uh, news that just came out uh showtime sports is shutting down at the end of 2023 and that's spelling the end of the boxing and mma on the network um showtime boxing has been huge for years and then along with that bellator mma was on showtime's network so it looks like it's not going to produce sports anymore, so we'll see what happens. Uh, HBO is probably going to take over boxing completely along with Top Rank. Um, I think ESPN has Top Rank. I think they're the same. Otherwise, though, yeah, Showtime's first boxing broadcast was on March 10th of 1986. Um, and that was against Marvin Hagler and John Mugabe. Um, Mugabe. But yeah, we'll see what happens. What how this is gonna go. I know Bellator was in a potential to merge. Maybe that's gonna finally happen with a PFL. I don't know. We'll find out as we go. Um lastly, when it comes to mixed martial arts, um Israel Adesanya is taking a step away from the octagon for the foreseeable future. He wants to get himself mentally sound and back up. Um, after his defeat against Strawn Strickland and losing the middleweight title. Um, with that being said, I think that's probably the best thing that he can do for himself now because he needs, he's been fighting constantly for a while, for a long time. Like his record is insane as it is, but it's also like he's been fighting like maybe three times a year, four times a year if he can. It's it's incredible. I give him credit, like how much he can fight, like throughout a year. But after some time, your body definitely can take it out on you. Um, yeah, he's fighting about two to three times a year. Um, but yeah, body's taking it out on you. Personal life can be involved. Who knows? And at this point, he needs to take a step away. He's only thirty-four. It's not the end of the world yet. Come back, be a new man. Take the belt back if you can. So rest easy, Izzy. We'll see you in a little bit. Last but not least, we're going to get into the big old event this weekend, which had some wild changes at the last minute. UFC to, uh, two. Yes, please. Pull it up. All right. Please. UFC 294 Islam Machev versus not Charles Oliveira, but Alexander Volkanovsky 2. 2. So. What happened since the last podcast and this podcast? A lot of wild wackiness. Uh, first and foremost, you may notice that on the lightweight title bout, as I just said, you don't see uh, Charles Oliveira. You see Alexander Volkanovsky. 
And if you scroll down just a little bit, AJ, where it shows Kamzat Chemaya versus Kamaro Usman, somebody else should have been there, and his name is Paulo Costa. Um, so basically what happened was for each fight, for the lightweight fight with Charles Oliveira, during a sparring session, there was an accidental clash of heads. When that happened, there was a massive gash over, I believe it's his top left or top right eyebrow. Because of the, uh, the stitches and the re and the wound itself, they wouldn't let him fight because it would probably open up on him, and then it would just cause him to stop the fight anyway. With 11 days' notice, Volkanovski is taking the chance. I'll get back to more of that when I go into detail about the fight. Moving on, though, to the middleweight bout with Kamaro Usman and Kamzap Chimaev. This is interesting because... Paulo Costa had uh, recently gotten surgery done, I think it was like three weeks ago, four weeks ago, and was also battling a staph infection. Uh, both of those basically were the reason why he pulled out. Kamaro Usman decided to step up. The big thing is this fight is still at middleweight. Kamaro Usman normally is a welterweight, where he reigned for God knows how long there. So... With that being said, these two are the biggest changes on the card. There was another change that's a little bit lower down in the middleweight division, but I'm not too worried about it right now um, when it comes to discussing. But we're going to actually start down low in the prelims. This is showing prelims and early prelims, so we'll see how it goes. Um, where is he at? All the way down. Keep going, AJ. Keep going. Right there. Stop. Right in the middle, Nathaniel Wood versus Muhammad Naimov. This oh, could be interesting, could not be interesting. I don't know yet. Uh, Nathaniel Wood is an excellent fighter. I want to make that very clear. He is known as the prospect. He is 20 and 5, 9 wins by knockout, 5 by sub, 7 first round finishes. Overall, great striking, 715 significant strikes landed. He usually throws. Um, Many to the head, 53%. Not many to the body, surprisingly. Only about 11% of his normal thing. Um, does go to distance a lot. Win by method, keep this in mind. Nine wins by knockout, 65 by decision. And then five by sub. Um, just a note, he has he's currently on a three-fight win streak. One of those being Charles Jourdain, um, which is still one of the good fighters in the UFC I love watching. So he is no slouch whatsoever. Muhammad Naimov, I don't this is going to be a tough, tough test for him. He's currently 9-2, five wins by knockout, two by sub, four first-round finishes. The reason why this name stuck out to me is he um, was a upset victory against Jamie Malarkey on a previous bout back in June of 2023. It was a nice knockout, too, in the second round at 2 minutes and 59 seconds. There's not as much information on him. We don't know his ground game as much, um, especially in the UFC, because we haven't seen it yet. Literally, it was just standing this whole time. So we're going to see how he handles somebody with just as much experience as Jamie Malarkey, but also is going to try to go three uh, rounds. If you want to take the odds... I'm using DraftKings for this. I don't think it's going to be up yet because it's too, uh, just a little bit too early uh, for 
some of these bets. Yep, they have only the base odds, so you really can't do anything yet. But uh, Naimov is currently plus 270 on DraftKings. Not a bad bet. If you want to take a more lucrative one, take him via knockout. And if not the safety bet, take Nathaniel Wood via decision. That's my opinion. Uh, moving on from them, I actually wanted to bring up this next guy above them, AJ. Um, Mike Breeden versus Ashnol Jubilee. Only reason why I brought up Ashnol specifically, he's currently 7-0. and um, And if I remember correctly, I think it was uh, he was his fight was on what is it called? The Contender Series. And that's how he got into the thing. Um, and if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. But yep, performance in a night. He got the performance in a night. He won via knockout in the second round. This is also one of the, I think, one of the very few, if not only active Indian fighter in the UFC. Um, so that's something just to keep in mind. If you have somebody you're trying to root for or anything like that, if you want to root for India, there you go. Uh, Mike Breeden's currently 10 and 6, eight wins by knockout, five first round finishes. Currently on a three fight losing streak. I think they're trying to set up uh, Ashnell for the win in this one, maybe a toss up fight. Honestly, I would take Ashnell by knockout, or if you could do the double uh, odds, take knockout and maybe sub. I don't know how his grappling really is. Um, I would do a finish of some sorts, though. I think this isn't going to go all three rounds. Moving on from there, we're going to go all the way up here to the keep going to Trevor Peak, AJ. There you go. Mohamed Yaha uh, versus Trevor Peak. This the only reason why I'm bringing this up. He is currently I don't know if this guy is actually zero, zero and zero. Um, One lower. There you go. This guy apparently is zero, zero, zero. He's debuting from the UAE. We have no idea. Up, oh, never mind. If you click on him, he is currently twelve and three, with seven wins by knockout, two wins by sub, four first round finishes. We won't know anything about him, but he is going to be fighting Trevor Peak, who is currently eight and one, just came off a loss um, via decision after Peak's. This is Peak's third fight in the UFC. Only reason why I keep an eye on Peak is. He's a hick, and when he strikes, it's funny as shit. Because you'll see regular strikes, and the next thing you know, he starts clubbing you. And I just get a good kick out of it every time. So, uh, I feel like they're trying to for feed somebody to this guy. So, maybe... I don't even know if he's on the... Oh, no. Uh, Muhammad's plus 136 on DraftKings. I would honestly take that. Okay. Yeah, but I don't know how much that's going to be. Moving on from here, scroll up for me. We're going to go into the main card now. No offense to Tim and Muhammad Makov. Not feeling it. Um, real quick, Syed Nurmagomedov versus Munin Gafarov. Um, both fighters are from Tajikistan. Uh, Munin and the other guy uh, that I spoke about earlier. These both were on the same card last time. They're back together again. Munin lost last time, which is a shame. But... Hopefully he can turn it around, but Syed Nurmagomedov is a very formidable opponent. Honestly, I'm going to give it to Nurmagomedov and just leave it at that. I think he's going to win most likely. Um, eh, four wins by knockout, five by sub. It may be a decision, honestly, but we'll see. He's currently winning and losing. It's back and forth for him. 
He was on a streak for a while, but we'll see what happens with Syed. Maybe this is just a toss-up for him as well. I'm not sure. But um, moving on from there to the next fight, AJ. Middleweights, Ikram Alaskarov versus Warley Alves. This was actually, Warley Alves was not supposed to be on this card. He was switched off um, for somebody else that I think was supposed to be like a rising star with the UFC. I'm actually trying to pull it up now and make sure I'm not crazy. It won't let me open uh, it up. You're good. I'll, I can open up anything else, but I can't open up them. That's because it's the website. Yeah. Nasa They're just going to stare at their pretty faces. Yeah. Nasadin Imanov was supposed to fight Ikra Maskarov originally, but we didn't get that. Yeah, I can't open this up either. Weird. All right, so we're not going to go too much into this one anyway. I would still take Ikram just because, I don't know, just because. Take the plus 100 odds. I'd say so far you've chosen every underdog. Well, the odds are close, so I would go with it. I wouldn't, no, I didn't say it for Saeed. I said take Saeed Nurmagomedov. Oh, okay. But the yeah. rest of them, yeah, you would take another dog. Yeah, for uh, Trevor Peak and Muhammad, that's a toss-up. Ashnall, no, I said take Ashnall, which is the favorite in this one. The Indian fighter. Yeah. Yeah, Muhammad, though, I know is an underdog. But if you're going to take Wood, take him via decision. Okay, moving on up. The last three, the big three fights going on. The light heavyweight bout, Ma Magomed Ankalaev versus Johnny Walker. So this is actually going to be a very important fight down the line. This probably won't be the title eliminator that they're looking for right now. But if something were to happen, whoever wins this, I think specifically Johnny too. If Johnny wins. I think he has a title shot upcoming. We still have to deal with Alex uh, Pereira and um, I always forget his name. <laughs> oh my god he's the samurai what the hell is his name every time oh i forget his and... name too i know exactly who you're talking about um uh, hang on i got it eh. hang on edit edit technical difficulty jerry right prohaska there it is there i'm go. just gonna put a little thing there <laughs> um jerry prohaska but that's gonna they're fighting first jamal hill's still a former title holder that had a vacate because of injury. He'll probably fight next. Depending how that goes, Johnny Walker or Magomed will fight after that. Um, currently, Johnny Walker is 21 and 7, 16 wins by knockout, 17 first round finishes, two wins by sub. He is a very flashy fighter, very awkward, very unusual in his ways, but he is good at what he does. He's currently on a three-fight win streak. He beat out Paul Craig and Anthony Smith. Um, he seems like he's taking this very seriously, taking it like enjoying himself, though. I think he's going to have a good shot. Meanwhile, Magomed Ankalaev is currently 18-1. He came off of a draw against John Blahovich recently, um, back in the end of December of last year. So, wow, he hasn't fought in nearly a year. Um and kind of left him in a weird spot with the title convention. 18-1-1, 10 wins by knockout, six first-round finishes. Um, he is overall just a fantastic fighter, but we saw from the last fight how his leg kicks, or he wasn't really checking legs that leg kicks that well, so maybe Johnny can uh, further up, 
continue working on that like John did. There we go. I fixed myself. <laughs> Overall, I, odds aren't really up yet, but let's see. Magomed Ankoyev. Johnny Walker's plus 285. Magomed's minus 360. Honestly, that makes sense. I would take Magomed to be safe, but if you're feeling antsy, I would take Johnny Walker be a knockout. I, if you're feeling spicy, which I would be, I would do it. I about to say, Johnny Walker is just significantly bigger in all he aspects. He is. But keep in mind, his last weight at 219, that 220 pound, that doesn't matter. That it's 205 is a light, I think it's light heavyweight weight. Okay. Uh, just meanwhile, going from there, um, we're going to go to. Sorry, I'm just checking one last thing. Yep, 205. I was right. Light up weight is 205. Going into the co-main in the main. Co-main. Kamzat Chamaya versus Kamaro Usman. This is a well, weird this up either. fight. You're good. This is a weird fight in the sense of that it's being fought at middleweight, which isn't anybody's fault. Literally, this is because of the whole shenanigans that just happened with Paul Acosta. No big deal. Either way... This uh, is going to be a hell of a fight and a good test, honestly, both for Kamzat and Kamaro Usman. Um, Kamzat has not fought in over a year. Um, he has been just in camps the entire time after his win against Kevin Holland, um, which was also a massive clusterfuck on his end because Kamzat showed up eight pounds overweight to a welterweight fight the same weight class that Usman is originally from. Uh, so that was something that really shined a bad light on the, on him to the UFC. So he didn't fight for a while. There was a lot of back and forth of getting him on different fights, getting him against Usman originally, against Costa for a middleweight debut, which eventually did happen. But weirdly enough, we're going to get him versus Usman in the middleweight division instead. He is an excellent wrestler, excellent uh, striker, Overall, he is a fantastic athlete. I think this will probably be his biggest test because he is now going to fight somebody that is... Uh, he While Kamzat beat Gilbert Burns, so did Usman, and he also did it a little bit better. Nothing against him. Because that was a close fight for Usman... Or, sorry, Gilbert and Kamzat. I wasn't mad when Kamzat won either, too. I thought it was a fantastic fight overall. This is going to put, and he's going to be dealing with one of the most elite fighters that there can be. The biggest advantage that he has is he has a full one-year camp where Usman only had 11 days. Now, jumping over onto Usman, we're talking about championship-level athlete here. Former welterweight champion, seven, number seven pound-for-pound pound rankings, 23-3, and three, nine wins, excuse me, nine wins by knockout, one by sub. Three first-round finishes. The man is just a long-distance warrior. Now, the thing is, usually when he goes the distance, it's 25 minutes. He doesn't have that this time. He only has 15. He also doesn't have a full camp behind him. He has 11 days to make sure he gets down the weight and he's good to go. But he has beaten many a fighter. He is incredibly skilled. He's incredibly well-rounded. He's definitely elevated his striking game in the past couple years, too. Overall, I think this is going to be a lot closer than people expect because Kamsat, yes, he's had 
the longer time. I think what will happen, though, first round is going to be incredibly close. And then over time, I think Kamzat might take it because of the cardio. Because all that shit, jet lag, everything like that. Because Kamzat's in UAE. He's already there where Usman has 11 days to get there, get underweight, get into any form of shape that he can. He's been training this whole time, but not a full camp, especially against somebody like that. But granted, he has the background for the fight uh, to counter Kamzat or at least nullify it. So we'll see what happens. I will take Kamzat on this, even though I think if Kamara wins, I wouldn't be surprised. The plus 285 mm-hmm. odds is pretty good and pretty generous, too. Mm-hmm. Overall, I think Kamzat will win just because of health, uh, conditioning, conditioning. That's a better way of saying it. Um, just because of how short notice it's going to be. Yeah. Last but not least, the big one, the lightweight title bout, Islam Makchev versus Alexander Volkanovsky, too. Um, this is probably, this is probably going to be one of the greatest fights of the year. Oh, again, oh, because the first one was Volkanovsky came up to the, um, lightweight division the first time and it was a close fight. I'm not going to say it was like, you know, one-sided at all. Honestly, people were saying that Volk won. I think Islam won three to two fairly though. I'm not saying that like if you can argue it either way, but I think Islam won three to two. It was close. I think a split decision makes sense to me. I forget how it ended though, but just a note for Islam, he is currently 24 and one with 11 wins by sub four wins by knockout, a 12 fight win streak. He did. It was unanimous decision. Okay. For Volk. He has just absolutely destroyed Charles Oliveira, Dan Hooker, Moses, Drew Dauber, Bobby Green. Um, And every time we see him fight, though, he gets better. He really does. Um, He's just smart. He has the IQ. He listens to his coaches more than anyone else. He's good at what he does. So him to also have the camp advantage here, too, really is not a good thing for Volk. but. Volk also is probably one of the best fight IQ, uh, has probably the best fight IQ out of all fighters in the UFC. So he has a good shot. Volkanovski is currently 16 and 2, 13 wins by knockout, three by sub, seven first round finishes. He just defended his belt in July against Yair Rodriguez. Uh, so he's still been pretty active since the Volkanovski, or sorry, the Makhchev fight uh, before that in February. So he still had some energy in there. Now, again, it's going to come down to how is he going to handle 11 day notice to cut? Because he's currently about 180 pounds from what I think his YouTube said. And he has to get down to, I think, like 145 or something like that. It's very, very slow, small. Lightweight is 155. I'm sorry. So he still has to cut about 30 pounds. That's, that's, that's a lot. It is a lot. Yeah. So we'll see how it goes. I think he'll be all right. Um. The odds are plus 270. Honestly, with the way the UFC is going, if I were to take a bet, with the way the championship belt has been passed around, I would take Volk, but reality, though, I think Islam's going to take it. I think this is still going to be a good and close fight, but I think it's going to just have a little bit more of a gap due to cardio. 
I, if I'm wrong, I'm wrong. I admit that uh, first and foremost. But otherwise, I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be Islam. I will say it's going to go to decision again. I don't, we saw how good Volk's grappling was last time because he didn't get, he was in threat of subs a couple times and got out. So I think it's going to be Islam via decision. And that is all I have on this week for UFC. All right. Yeah, that, I'm, I'm actually excited for that one. That one's going to yeah. be a pretty be a good one. fight. Um, you know, at least we watch people throw a few punches. Now let's watch people throw some baseballs. Um, we had a banger of a game yesterday. Um, anxiety written anxiety. Well, that's that's playoff baseball. You got to love it. This playoff Uh. baseball, nothing better than it. Um, and man, it was just fun. Uh, Wheeler. Wheeler is just so friggin' dominant right now. The the level he's pitching at is absolutely absurd. Um, that man came in pretty much yeah, he went he six inning. He went six innings. He had three hits, uh, two earned runs, but eight Ks. But realistically, the only damage that happened was in the sixth inning when he kind of started dying out a little bit. But man, dude, just watching him like pitch, he's on a whole different level than last year. It is not even close. He is he is gonna dominate. The only issue that I have with it is that his stamina is kind of like dying out. Yeah. Last game it was seventh inning. This game it was sixth inning. Kind of need to figure that out. But it's you're in the dog days of baseball after a long ass season, and as long as he gives us six innings of that dominant performance that we had, like that, that it, there was no doubt in my mind that he wasn't going to get through an inning, at mm-hmm. least the first five innings with no one, and that's pretty much what happened. Yeah. Um. And thankfully, the Phillies were on fire, like the hitting wise, too. Like yeah. five pitches. I'm going to do this. Five pitches, two home runs. That's nuts. That's absolutely nuts. <laughs> That's what this team is built to do, though. Stop it. That's what this team is built to do. <laughs> I mean, they knew that they weren't going to be a defensive team. The, Diamond, the Diamondbacks are. They're probably the best te- like defensive team. Yeah, they were catching a lot of things that I was like, oh, that's mm-hmm. a base hit. Oh, I guess not. Yeah, that's that's what happens when you're a defensive team. But like a lot of people were saying um, before the game yesterday, uh, if the Phillies come out and like kind of get on top of them with home runs and get a lead early, then we'll be fine. And that's exactly what happened. Um, Schwarber got a start. First pitch home run. First pitch home run. Yep. Fastball right down the middle. Knocked it out of the Go park. On. Absolutely um, destroyed. That was a oh, that was a bomb. Harper on his birthday, that man went two for three, and on his first at bat, hit a home run, got everything started. Um, that was just such a fun game. That, but I think the MVP of the past like two series at least has been Castellanos. That man, Castellanos. That man has been mm-hmm. on He's taking this very seriously. Fire. He has been on fire, dude. Like. Compared it to last year, where every time it came up, you were like hoping he got a hit. Here it's like oh, every time he comes up, he's getting a hit, and it's probably yeah. a home run. This man has five home runs and eight RBIs in the past three games alone. That's a, that he is so locked in, and every single one of his his interviews is just shows you how much he's locked in too. I Plus, mean, I love all the shots of his kid too. I think that's a big thing of it too. The yeah. fact that he's doing so well and getting to enjoy that with yeah. his son, like that is amazing. You know, his son's going to be playing ball. Like, Oh, absolutely. 
that's it. Like he's now going to commit his life to playing baseball and especially like Citizens Bank Park. That's a mm-hmm. whole experience for a kid. Um, I, I wrote this down and I'm going to talk about it. Um, I had a bet. I had oh, a bet. yeah, you did. Uh-huh. I'm pulling it up right now so I can kind of talk about it in depth. Oop, I misspelled something. Um, to give you an idea, I essentially bet 10 bucks and I would have won $636. Here, here is the bet. Trey Turner to get a hit. Bryce he Harper did. to get a hit. Real Muto to get a hit. Cassianos to get a hit. And yeah. also to get a home run. Kyle mm. Schwarber to get a hit. Corbin Carroll to get a hit. I needed one more person. Gurriel. I needed him to hit, get a hit. His last two at-bats, line drive right up the middle, for some, and I'm happy because that probably would have scored in a run would have changed the little complexity of the game. Mm-hmm. Line drive right up the middle. For some reason, Bryson Stott was shifted up the middle. Um, and then the very I, – I, I had this picture-perfect thing in my head. It was eighth inning. Alvarez came in. I was like, all right, listen. He's, he's up in seven, so all we need is one hit this inning to guarantee it, and then three outs, and that's exactly what happened. Katie guy hit or walk. I forget. I'm pretty sure it was a hit. Got the next two guys out, and I was excited. All I needed was for this man to get up. I wanted two outs and then a base hit, so it was like it didn't really happen. Um, it didn't really affect the game, um, and it almost worked out. The last, his last of bet, uh, one out. The guy got on first, so I was like, all right, a little sketch, but I think we can handle that. Uh, 3-2 count. He ropes one down the line, and Alec Baum snags it. 2-1, double play game. I'm very happy with the outcome, but, man, I would have loved $636. That would have been extremely nice. And someone actually pointed this out, too. Um, Alec Baum, when he made the error against the Padres, that was the exact same play. He, uh, he backhand overthrew Stott and the, I mean, we ended up winning, but like, it was the exact same play and it was just kind of, it was very ironic that that's how the Phillies won that game was yeah. on a perfectly executed double play. Ones that are not known for, uh, their defense, but I'm saying here, here live, I do have another, another bet. This time it's a little there's a little bit more flair to it. Trey Turner to get a hit, JTL Romito to get a hit, Corbin Carroll again to get a hit, Bryce Harper a hit, Cassianos a hit, Schwarber a hit, Nola over five and a half strikeouts, Cassianos hit a home run, and the spicy park cited two bets. On the one bet, that's just it. The second bet, Trey Turner to hit the first home run. So I'm really going to be sweating during the Kyle Schwarber at bat. Yeah, but Trey Turner hit the first home run. That's 10 bucks for, Phil, can you guess? Four grand. Actually, yeah, 4.3 grand. Damn, okay. So th- that's pretty much, that's what I'm rolling with. I have the two just because, like, really, if Trey doesn't hit the first home run, then, you know, the whole thing's screwed. Yeah. So I'd much rather just have all the hits and everything. Yeah, hedge your, that- your bet. Exactly, but... If he hits that, fir- if he hits the first home run, mm-hmm. I'm gonna be freaking out. <laughs> yeah, you are. I wanted Meanwhile, to bring that up. But yeah, I, I also bring- have a bet. Oh, let me hear it. Because remember, I I discovered a loophole today. 
Yes, you did. Because I do not want to bet. I actually do not whatsoever right now unless I can get free bets. You know, like DraftKings specifically, I'm using that right now. You know, when you get deposit bonuses, it's like, oh, we'll give you extra money and a free bet. Mm-hmm. So I looked up the it's uh, for this one. It was if you deposit, like, I think whatever the maximum is, the maximum number you could deposit will equal $50 in a free bet. Mm-hmm. So I didn't do that, but I put in 50 bucks. I got a $25 free bet. Cashed out my money right then and there. So all I have is the free bet to work with. Smart. So I have the Phillies money line. Turner, Castellanos, Stott, Baum, and Romuto, and Marsh all have to get one hit. Okay. Harper has to hit a home run. Okay. Nola just needs more than four strikeouts. Okay. That's it. I mean, it's so we're, we're we're relatively close on our bets. But the payout's less. Mine is yeah. $25 to, for the bet. Again, free. Thank God. Payout is 1125 it may happen. I don't know. We're going to just see That'd be how... pretty cool. It would be. I'd be foaming from the mouth at our friend's place. Yeah. We're, we're going... If, if both of ours hit, Bill, Godspeed. But we're, then again, we're it's... hugging it's, each other. Then again, it's gambling and it's parlays, which are very well known to not hit. So these... Yes. We're just... We're just... We're living again, a little bit. it was bit. a free bet. Especially it's a free bet. It. Yeah, yeah. That's free money. Take it. Um, exactly. before, before I go on to the Diamondback side, there is a stat that I want to talk about too. Players that have 15 home runs in less than 50 postseason games. There is two people on this list. Who do you think those two people are? Wait, one more time. Uh, players who have 15 home runs in less than 50 postseason games. There are two players on this, on this list and that's it. Who are these two players? Castellanos. No. Damn it. Give you one more guess. Turner. Nope. Damn it. Babe Ruth. Oh. And Bryce Harper. Oh. What are the one? only are the only players to have uh, 15 home runs in less than 50 postseason games. Which I thought is absolutely outstanding. The salt in the SWAT, dude. And now you're you're in the name with him. And he turned 31. It was his birthday, so. Good for him. He definitely had a fantastic game. Looking to have another one. Um, and the Diamondbacks, I wanted to bring this up too. Uh, they only had four hits in 39 at-bats. Hmm. Four that's hits in, thir- in 39 at-bats. That's not um, No, that's that kind of shows you how dominant Wheeler was. Um, yeah, Wheeler was on point. Mm-hmm. And honestly, Zach Gallon was actually, pr- like, outside of – Three mistakes, which is a lot in baseball, but like as a pitcher, three mistakes he made, and that was I know because he was actually pretty. He was on he was on point. Not a lot of strikeouts. Um, he went five innings pitched, uh, eight hits, five earned runs, uh, four Ks, and uh, what was it? Two walks. So on paper, it looked like he did a lot worse, but realistically, he he watching that game, he let two fastballs pretty much determine the whole game for him um i'm sorry three um the the diamondbacks came in they sweeped every single series before this and now they're behind a game so it's really cool uh to see that the phillies are just a severe problem for every team in the postseason and that's been two years in a row 
Um, but all fun fact about Zach Gallen, um, he actually uh, played for uh, a local high school with us. He went to, he, he I think he graduated the same year as us too. Uh, Bishop Eustis. Okay. Um, I actually played against him, got a few hits, thankfully, but he was a stud even at like 16, 17 years old, throwing 90 in Damn. high school. Yeah, that's nuts. I'm always a, a big believer that um, Northeast baseball is very overlooked because it's just cold, but there's, there's some of like the, the most gritty um, hard playing game, like players in the game. And he was definitely him and Smeltzer actually were on Bishop Usis, And now they're both pitchers in uh, the major leagues, which is really cool. Hmm. Um, he definitely developed significantly as a pitcher ever since I played him, but I got a few hits off of him. So here we go, baby. Um, moving on to this, this, uh, tonight's game, which is going to be happening in approximately 30 minutes. 30 minutes. So we got to get going. Mm-hmm. Uh, don't rush me. <laughs> um, Aaron Nola versus uh, Merrill Kelly. Uh, Nola has looked amazing the past few outings. Um, in two games, he has a 1.42 ERA and 12 Ks, which is really, really good. Um, uh, Merrill Kelly, uh, he's only pitched one game, um, but he has a zero ERA. I believe he only had, uh, I think it was either three or five uh, strikeouts. So definitely going to come in. Definitely expect him to pitch decently. And I say decently specifically because – and I quote, this is what he said during the press conference. I'd be, because uh, they asked him, like, do you think the Citizens Bank Park is going to be loud? He said, I'd be very surprised if it trumped that Venezuela game down in Miami. Hmm. I don't know why people keep keep pushing <laughs> buttons with Philly fans. And uh, it's, it's everyone underestimates it. Everyone underestimates it. It doesn't make sense to me. Every single player underestimates it or tries to underplay it, and they're always wrong. Um, Turner, actually, they asked him, too, because he was uh, his teammate in the World Baseball Classic when they played that, and he had a few other – he had a few comments. was like, listen, like, don't under, under – um, you got to appreciate these fans for what they are. And at the end of his whole comment, he said, we'll see what he says after tonight's game. <laughs> so looking to take uh, 2-0. Uh, into Arizona, so hopefully mm-hmm. they win today. Um, I think they do, but I, what I think a lot of Phillies fans realized uh, yesterday was it's not going to be like the Braves-type um, dominance. This is a very good team, very good defensive players, mm-hmm. and can hit too, um, and it's going to be a close one throughout this whole series. I think this will probably be the hardest series. Um, I lied, actually. I think Texas is going to take the, the series from Houston. I don't think we're facing Houston again. Um, we'll still have home field advantage, but uh, Texas Rangers are a really good team. And they're yeah, just it's like gonna the be Phillies. Tough. They're on fire. They're looking really good. They don't look like they have really any holes. So I think that's going to be a really, really tough World Series if it gets to that. Um, well, first, we have to get through Diamondbacks, and it's really cool because a lot of players are locked in on that. There's no real celebration until the series is done. And even when the series is done, we still got seven more, baby. Um, and, yeah, the the crazy part about tonight is that there is three games going on. And I'll look into the camera because it's going to be a wild one. There is the Flyers at 6 p.m. That's that currently started, going on. That is going on. Mexico versus uh, Germany at the wow. link at 8 p.m. 
Oh, I didn't know that. And the Phillies at 8.07 p.m. Three games in a row. And to keep for people that aren't in the Philly area, um, Wells Fargo is right here. That's where hockey is. Then there's the link. And then there's Citizens Bank Park. And they're all in the same vicinity. And they're all being used right now? They're all being used. No. Yep. Yep. So that's going to be a mess. I think I think it actually works out. Hear me out. The Flyers are already in period two and are winning two nothing, by the way. Yeah. Um, and Gatorier scored. Um, they're going to get out first. So they should be able to funnel out traffic. Mm-hmm. Then you have the soccer game, which starts when? Eight? Yeah, eight. Eight? Okay. This is where it gets close. It's a 90-minute game with one half. Baseball averaging right now two and a half hours. So if they're lucky, the Flyers game will end shortly. About I think, 40 minutes. I think it's going to bleed into each other. I think the soccer and the Phillies game are going to bleed into each other the most. Yeah. I think the people that are at the Flyers game right now are perfectly fine. Yeah, I think they're the lucky ones because they got they there are. early and then they leave early. Um, yeah. But so... We threw some baseball around, so now let's throw a pigskin to uh, anyone that can catch now because the Eagles couldn't catch a fucking thing. I couldn't um, catch it. The Eagles' offense looked atrocious. Um, O-line couldn't handle any pressure. Jalen Hurts was running for his life majority of the game. Uh, Swift, Devonta Smith, and Dallas Goddard. I don't even know what they were doing. Goddard threw the ball to one of the D tackles for an interception. Devontae Smith, which could have pretty much – it probably would have been uh, to the 10-yard line or a touchdown, let a ball go right through his hands. That man couldn't catch anything that game. Uh, Swift fumbled, giving it right back to the Jets. It was – anything that could go wrong went wrong. And then Hurts, granted, I was actually um, – thankfully, there's people on Twitter that put the all 22s. So you can kind of see what's going on. kind of gives you more perspective about a lot of things. He played a, a – Relatively good game in all regards, but obviously the biggest thing, that interception, was possibly the worst decision and the worst throw of his entire career. There was nothing that made sense about it. No reason for him to actually try to fit that in there. There was realist, there was no other options, but it's it just run it or take the sack and then punt it and give your defense because – the defense was popping off. The defense was the only bright spot in that whole game. Circumstances, too, because they were all injured. But they looked atrocious. Um, I'm confident they'll they'll right the ship. I'm not too worried about it. Um, but I'll give a shout-out to Rav. He's a Jets fan. And, uh, we're he, never going to he, hear the end of this. He, he got the last laugh. So, you know what? Enjoy it enjoy it i hope to see you in the playoffs with us i don't know if you will no. but enjoy enjoy this win because you enjoy the win the Jets definitely deserve that i don't want to take yeah. anything away from the Jets because that was a hard fought battle um and then last but not least a little um before we get into the, the games and kind of wrap up real quick uh julio jones has signed with the eagles really yeah julio jones signed with the eagles literally like as i was driving home they they announced the the news, so I like it. That's pretty much that's a pretty big indictment on Quez. Probably going to get cut. Um, 
So we'll see what happens. He's a good uh, fourth wide receiver. He's definitely nowhere near the player that he was, um, you know, six, five to six years ago, but he's definitely a good piece. And I think that he'll give a jolt to the red zone offense. Um, Real quick, going into, uh, you know, the next week coming up, we'll go into Thursday's matchup. Jacksonville versus New Orleans. Um, that also in London? Because Jacksonville's second home is there? No, no. this It's uh, not in London. Uh, Bill, if you can pull up the uh, odds while I uh, kind of talk absolutely. a little bit about specific players. Um, I will be using DraftKings odds, just a note. Thank you, thank you. Um, not yeah, this you, game this is for everyone else. This game, I think, is actually going to be a lot more fun than people expect. It really yeah. comes down to um, Trevor Lawrence is actually, I think he's injured. Um, they said he should be good to go. Yeah, he has a knee. He's limited to practice. Hmm. They said he should be good to go and he expects him to play. But, you know, see, we'll see if he's a little limited. Um, and it really comes down to do the passing offenses come to play? Because both teams have been struggling offensively. Which is crazy because they have uh, skip talent on both ends. They they have uh, Jacksonville has Etienne Bigsby for running backs. They have Calvin Ridley, uh, Christian Kirk, uh, Evan Ingram for the tight end on um, New Orleans side. They have Alvin Kamara, Kendra Miller, who's a rookie wide receivers, Chris Olave, uh, Michael Thomas, Rashid Shaheed. So that there is some quality players on both sides of the field. The only issue is both their QBs have been. Very lackluster. Trevor Lawrence being hurt and Derek Carr being Derek Carr. Um, he he was hurt a little bit throughout this week, but he was upgraded to full participant. So, um, Bill, what are the money lines for these guys? So, money lines straight up from DraftKings is plus 100 for Jacksonville. Okay. And then minus 120 for the Saints, which shocks me because Jacksonville is 4-2 and two and the Saints are 3-3. Three and three. The only thing I, I, I think is because, like I said, they both were, have had their struggles, and right now this is in New Orleans, which is a well-known uh, stadium where their fans are like, you know, they're not like the 12th man of, of uh, Eagles or Seahawks or something like that, but they definitely play a part of it. Um, honestly, so I'm looking – I normally do the touchdown props. Yeah, I'd probably do – Jacksonville at plus 102 kind of feels right. Um, or Jacksonville um, plus one and a half on the spread. That looks Let's pretty see. good, too. It's a, it's minus 115, but I, I, I like it. I feel like yeah. that's a good bet. I'll probably that with something. Um, TD scores. Taysom Hill is always a sneaky option. Um, I do like, actually, here's two people that I like. Evan Ingram and Rashid Shahid. Evan Ingram's a tight end for Jacksonville. He's a stud. Um, he's plus 280 for any time touchdown. And then Rashid Shahid, he's the wide receiver three, but he's 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 very explosive. He can pop off a touchdown at any time. He's plus 350. Um, I would I actually like both those odds, and I think that um, that's probably your best bet moving forward. Um, I know these the odds are not yet, but just because this is on my birthday, so we'll be there. Um, Miami versus Eagles at uh, Philadelphia. Bill, what do you think of this game? Oh, I don't know. I'm scared, <laughs> concerned. It's going to be interesting. We're going to be there. Well, sort of. We're going to be at the tailgate. Mm. Um, I'll be at the game. 
Yeah, you got tickets. I don't. Yeah. I may buy tickets. We'll see. I doubt it. Yeah, we'll see if they go down in price. But yeah, here's they... here's here's how I see us winning. Uh, make Break sure Tyreek Tyree Hill. Kill. Yeah, make sure Tyreek Hill doesn't get behind us. Chop block. Got it. No. So here's the issue too is is that a lot of like yeah you get rid of Tyreek Hill you get rid of his uh, deep deep ball plays. The issue that I see us having with is the run. Um, yeah. We're very good at run defense, but the way their zone runs and everything like that and their speed, it really comes down to how quickly linebackers fill the whole, the gaps. Um, and it really, I mean, it's going to have to come down to will, can Nakubi Dean and can uh, Murrow actually fill the gaps and shoot through and make plays. Um, it also comes down to how quickly can we get to Tua? Because I think that their offense at this point is humming a lot more than our offense. But I think this is a very a very high scoring game. Um, let's see, do they have the over under for this game? Because I I would honestly probably take the over. Let me see for the All Eagles right. or yeah. over under is fifty one and a half. I would take the over. 100%. You think it's gonna be that high scoring game? Yeah, hundred percent. Both defenses suck. Well, uh, our I don't want to say suck. Both defenses are susceptible to uh, passing attacks. So. I would Fair take enough. That. They don't really yeah, have anything else up, but um, yeah, that's gonna be that's gonna be a lot. <laughs> um, but that's pretty much it. Uh, you know, I like to end it this way now because you guys can see it. Um, and we still don't have it. I'm gonna pull this up real quick. This is our Twitter. Look at it. Look at it. That's our Twitter. You can go. You can go to this. You can say hi. For our audio listeners, I'll tell you our handle. It's at AB Sports Media. Look, it's beautiful. You can talk to us through this, or you can reach us at our email at Bill and AJ uh, Media at gmail.com. But last but not least, my name's AJ, and I'm Bill. And thank you for listening. Get the hell out of here. Go Fightings. Go Birds. Go everybody. someone you know, please call 1-800-GAMBLER to seek free, confidential, 24-7 problem gambling assistance. You can also text SUPPORT to 533-42 to get more information about problem gambling.